0: Oh, I just love our intro music. It's so fun.
1: I know. I was like, I've, I feel like that intro changes the whole vibe, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Gives me pumped. Episode seven, Things We Got Wrong. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: how are you? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm, you know, I think it's interesting that I found in going back and doing this show sometimes the subjects that we talk about on here happen to line up with things that we are talking about yeah. in our current episodes. Like, I've been mm-hmm. referencing that uh, uh, David Epstein book, The Sports yeah. Gene, Yeah. so frequently. Like, I've, I've recommended it to, like, multiple people this week alone. And then I go back in the archives of, like, oh, what are we going to listen to if things we got wrong? Turns out it's a sports one. Yeah, cuz
1: the most recently on Brain Candy we talked about like um the issue of trans people yes. in um sports and like yes. and then I voted like let's just get rid of sports and then you were like, well, <laughs> counterpoint, maybe <laughs> maybe we could have different kinds
0: of sports. Yes, exactly. Which is probably
1: more reasonable.
0: Yeah, just like a little bit.
1: Um yeah, the we did so it's Brain Candy episode the sports one, which was like 9 I think maybe. Yeah. And, and then the music, music um, yeah. I was. It is nice when we don't get much wrong.
0: Yeah, I, there. It was more like a uh, one thing that I definitely got wrong in what? the music one, but you cleared it up for us in that episode. Uh, the belief that I was tone deaf. Oh yes. And at that original episode, I did not know how to play an instrument, mm-hmm. and I in the episode I said I'm so jealous of people who could just pick up a guitar and like just jam on, on the guitar. Yeah. And you know when you have a goal, you want to do something, and I don't know, maybe on Instagram or wherever, you see those things that say, like, if you, if you started a year ago, you'd already be there or something like that. Yeah. And they're like, if okay. you, you know, uh, there's no better time to start than right now. Yeah. And if you would have asked me when we recorded that episode – are you going to be able to play a musical instrument, like in five years? Would have been like no chance. I'm not, there's <laughs> no possible. way I would be able to do that. I, I can't play an instrument. Never played one in my life. And now, I don't even need the no You need, need the chords and or like to look at the the music, and I like freaking jam out. I don't know why you even thought there
1: was no way you could learn an instrument, though. Because what happened I, to you?
0: I don't know. You just get you. You think. Okay, I, I'll tell you, <laughs> sometimes when I work with clients, and in my own life, if we have never, if we don't have a frame of reference for this, mm. nobody in my family plays an instrument, Okay, nobody, it could be anything. I, I, I think about people who maybe uh, are the first in their family to go to school, or to mm-hmm. go to college. Mm -hmm. If you don't have a, a frame of reference, if you don't have a model for that in your own family, you didn't see that growing up. It's very difficult to even have that imagination of you in the future doing that thing. Yeah, that's true. It feels like that's something for other people, but not for me. I can visualize other people doing that, but I can't visualize myself doing that. So it was something that I really struggled to visualize myself doing. And it wasn't until somebody else said, hey, you should, maybe you should learn that, that I, I tried it. And what made that person say that? Mm, like you well, probably, was my ex-husband, did who, you say sort of like, I wish I could play the ukulele? No, I, I, we were going on that camping trip that yeah. was, like, the... The end. And I think he was... <laughs> right, the end. Uh, the end. The camping trip. Uh, but I think he had, like, this romanticized version of, like, like you know, like, the... This was pre... Oh this was, like, when van life was, like, just a thing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, there's, like, the... Van like, life. That, that very, like, bohemian... I think he had this, like, idea of, like, who... I was in his mind of this like bohemian, like, you know, uh, free spirit who like, but it's like he wanted that, but didn't want that. And well, so clearly he didn't want to learn. He wanted to assign that job to you. Yeah. He was like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if you learned the ukulele? What if like, you said like, like in hey, grad you know what school, you should learn? How to like... put the
1: awning out on our camper. <laughs> he did not learn. To <laughs> <laughs> I know. Sarah did do
0: it. I'm just saying. Um, I didn't even mind but he did uh, uh so yeah. <laughs> right 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 that was funny but uh yeah yeah so so he was like yeah you should learn how to-. I was like oh okay I guess I will like I'll try that that's nice so I I learned how to play the ukulele but like there's a big learning curve with that you like you suck for like any musical instrument you suck for a while and yeah so he was def- I think he like you know thought I was gonna be like really good by the time our camping trip came around <laughs> Maybe, in three months and if I wasn't. What that was the reason that you got a divorce? He was okay, like, she was like, fucking Ugh. sucks on the Yuka Well, in way a way. weird way, it's not like it was the reason, but I do remember in my mind that when I, I remember that, like, it, I was a really nervous about playing for people. I'm really nervous about I still had a lot of the, that unnecessary feeling of like uh, I don't know, like, embarrassment or shame about, like, maybe I can't play, maybe I am tone deaf or whatever. So, like, I didn't want to play around anybody. I remember the very first time I was like, okay, I'm going to play him this song. And he, in like, the first comment wasn't like, oh, my God, you're so good. Look at how, like, like you would. It was like, oh, I think that was a little off. Oh, God, like, that mm, is so mean. I don't think that's the kind of support I need in my life.
1: Right. It represented a bigger problem.
0: Yeah. It's <laughs> really
1: funny. But I will say, I think that the, you say there's like a big learning curve. I think that the ukulele has one of the shortest ones, though, for oh, an this instrument. this is true. Which is nice. Because yes. if you've ever heard a child learning to play the violin or any stringed instrument,
0: it is like. Or the saxophone.
1: Right. That's true. Woodwinds, Whoa. brass, any of it.
0: Whoa. Yeah, that's true. So you get that, that reed, like, <laughs> worked <down>, out, the <laughs> Blowing yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and I had a younger brother who played the saxophone for like a minute, and then my little brother, Lucas, he did it. I remember at the same time, he was like learning how to whistle, but didn't know how to whistle and didn't under really understand the mechanics of it. So he would just go, oh! and we were like, Luke, that's not a whistle. So my little brother was learning, the other one was learning how to play saxophone. Lucas was just running around and I was going, oh, 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 oh.
1: <laughs> I mean, it so takes... Bad. I would say truly years to get to where it's yeah. even tolerable
0: to listen to. <laughs> so, yes.
1: I, I mean, you played you the French horn. Right. And it was that probably helped. horrible.
0: Oof. Yeah. So first. learning curve in the ukulele, much shorter, but yeah. still not three months to master while no. you're in grad school. No. I'm not going to be good by then.
1: No. God, I love imagining that the ukulele is the, the source of your divorce. Mm. That's just yeah. fun. That's just fun times. Well, you, on that episode, we talked about how I have the problem of perpetual, uh, persistent earworms.
0: Yes. Um,
1: and at that time, I, I do remember it was very loud and it was distracting and problematic. That's not always true. It, there's always a song, but sometimes it's quieter. Um, but today is all the song, the entire discography of the the carpenters because last night (laughs) i was watching old interviews of them and i wanted to say for this show this isn't anything we got wrong but you know how um karen carpenter died from anorexia nervosa Uh um and it was from a heart attack caused by it and that was in 1983 and my god like that was new. People didn't even really know what anorexia mm-hmm. was at that time. You mm-hmm. should hear the journalists and, like, even her family talking about it and how they didn't really. know anything, so they got a lot wrong. And oh. the, the interviewer was like, so why – what does a heart attack have to do with no. anorexia? Wow. And I'm like, these people don't understand what starvation is. Like, that's right. what happens to your organs when you Absolutely. starve yourself. Yeah. And they the the brother, the other person in the carpenters, Richard, he was like, well, you know, she was in recovery. And so she was putting the weight back on. And I think she put it on too fast. And it was too much for her heart. And I'm sure that that there was some truth to that, that like, you know, that her heart. But why was it weak in the first place was Correct. not discussed. Correct. And I was just, like, so thankful that we know so much more now because I don't even think she would have ended up, right? you know, dead now because yeah. she probably would have had more resources. My God, mm-hmm. we didn't know what we were talking about back then.
0: For sure. Wow.
1: I wonder why, though. I wonder why that – do you think that was um, anorexia was mm-hmm. really something that didn't develop until, like, the pop culture age?
0: Probably. Maybe. Until, like, the – you know or or maybe it did and it wasn't spoken about in the same way it's very difficult when cuz i'm sure these things were around it had to be it did it just is not as discussed i think if you know if if something affects women <clears throat> in disproportionate yeah. numbers yeah. then
1: Everyone's like, "Oh, and it's she's another hysterical." One of those where
0: like, you can still continue your regular functioning, like it. You know, you can still be anorexic and make sure there's a, the laundry is finished. You know, if you're in a 1940s American household or whatever, you know. And yeah. So I think it wasn't. Remember, we talked about. I think we talked about alcoholism, and like how I can't remember what we were talking about. We were discussing how when it becomes that the woman can no longer serve her like traditional role (laughs) that people go, Oh, there's a problem. Yeah, Let's solve this. But when things can still keep functioning and moving as this is it now I'm talking about, this is like, you know,
1: well, and to a certain extent, I'm sure it's still true in that, in the way that because for a while, these women conform to those body standards that we idolize. And so like, a lot of times people are very complimentary towards them and they're, you know, adding to the problem. Yes. But, um, validating. And yeah, she was only 32. My God, what a voice. Um, right. What a bummer. Anyway, just thought I'd mention that in this musical, uh, discussion. I'll tell you what's music to my ears. And that is next Evo naturals. These CBD gummies are so awesome. We are loving them. They have, um, a stress formula that I love. They also have a sleep version that's really great. And it's so good because they develop some sort of magical technology where it gets absorbed into your body four times better than regular CBD and also faster. So like when you're feeling stress coming, don't waste time. Just get that gummy on the go and it'll just make you feel much better and it's so helpful now in this world when it feels like the world is on fire. And sometimes it can feel really hard to calm down. Um, I know a lot of my friends are talking about how they're feeling anxious. I have a friend who says her heart is racing all day. And I'm like, girl, you need these. <laughs> Next Evo Naturals. It's so great. I think you guys are going to love it. And they gave us a deal, which I'm so thankful for because this is a new show and we love getting wonderful partners, get to the root of stress with the Stress CBD Complex from Next Evo Naturals. For up to 25% off subscription orders of $40 or more, use our promo code WRONG at nextevo.com. That's N-E-X-T-E-V-O.com, promo code WRONG. You will love it.
0: I remember in that episode, I talked about how you hear music different. I'm convinced that you can hear it in a way that I can't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a little a, a deep dive on people who could hear music differently. Oh wow, that's fine. And yeah, and so this also has to do with uh, uh, the thing I was worried about having, uh, being tone deaf. So <laughs> I hate it. That's terrible. Right? Uh, people do. People who uh, people do experience music very differently, and mostly on either end of the scale. So tone deaf, of course, is a real thing, and they call it cognitive A Music, and about 4% of the population has it. I feel bad for them. And it shows up in different ways. For some people, they can't even enjoy notes like put together. It almost sounds like pots and pans. So you know when we've talked about people who, like you said before, like there are some people who just don't like music. Yeah, like music. There's actually something called music anhedonia, that is uh, the lack of ability to even enjoy music at all. And it's estimated that about two percent of people suffer from this. They just don't have. So what it is is the areas of your brain. There's a large connection in your brain between the um, reward centers, like the the this feels good and this is a reward, and pleasure centers and music. But it's believed that people with musical anhedonia don't have that connection between the pleasure center and the music itself. And so what's really interesting in the people who are tone deaf, um, they looked at the brain scans. They wanted to see, like, are the brains just not picking up? The music, what is it? Yeah. Not what delivering the, it, the information. Yeah, where's the problem? So they, they would... It, it's really cool. It's snowing outside right now. I am upset about that. It just started snowing. I'm like, oh my Sarah's God. Sarah's seeing her first right powder, right powder of the crazy. season. I am. First pow. Of the <laughs> <season>. <laughs> pow. So, it's even worse. Yep. <laughs> um, okay, so um, they hooked up uh, students. at was a, This was at UCLA. They were studying in the music center. And... Um, they hooked up the students to uh, EEGs and like MRIs, and they scanned their brains, and they found that both groups, people who, ha- people who were tone deaf and people who heard music regular, their brains would recognize like that you'd see a, d- a change as soon as they heard the pitch that was off. So they would play the music with a tone, like a note that was off, that any- all of us kind of do that, like, oh, that's wrong, yes. like thing. So if you look at the brain scans of people who are tone deaf, their brain recognizes that the node is different, but it does not pass along the message to their prefrontal, uh, uh, more executive functioning part of the brain that says, ugh, not good. So they're aware that it's different, but the m- message that it is different is not being delivered to the part of their brain that then processes it processes it, and understands it. Wow, Oh, my God. There's like a disconnect. Like it's missing that connection. The, the brain was just like, no, we don't need to develop that. I swear,
1: one day if we find out, like, it turns out those people are the aliens, I'd be like, yep, I get yep, it. Because to me, if you don't like music, you're kind of not a person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, in a way, you're not experiencing part of that thing that we call the human experience because it's not activating that pleasure reward center and it would make me think that maybe there would be a desire to get pleasure or reward in a different way that you'd have to kind of go all in on something else because you aren't getting it in this category you know kind of like those nights where I'm like what we have no wine I guess I better make cookies
1: (laughs) (laughs) this is a job for Duncan Hines (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right okay so uh, i guess that they by the way i did that last night and eli's
0: flower was uh-uh. expired <gasps> oh no how expired garbage cookies
1: oh my god Straight,
0: like they tasted bad are you like, sure i it was thought the in flour? my mind like how bad could it be like how bad could bad fl- like how how crummy could this actually take taste but it didn't do that thing it, it's supposed to like expand a little i think and that rise might be a, a
1: baking powder baking soda problem not the flour
0: okay i'll take a look at that too. what do you think because i opened up the flour and it smelled like like it could you could tell it was like it was rancid like, like this doesn't smell like oh my it God. so much like flour i'll ask yeah. him like when he bought it <laughs>
1: Like what who was the president when he bought it? I
0: love Eli with all my heart. Uh, This is gonna be good. He loves to use every single last bit of something so often I have to be like
1: I like that about him.
0: I know. You I am basically I found you. But he needs to bake this is, more. This is the, uh, everything that I ever wanted in a relationship. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and so he's like, "Nope, we're using all of this." And oh I was like, "I'm going to try to use it," and I could not use it. So how I have much to come is up with there a still? A big thing. You got to sneak it in the garb. I know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be like, whoops, I do." It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But the good thing is, he's got a whole one on back stock that is. I can't believe good, it smelled because I was expired. just reading. Um, it just smelled like flour in a weird, like weird flour. Like it smelled like too much of flour. I don't know. It's, I can't put Too flowery. It. Too flowery.
1: There's an article in the New York Times by um, Kenji Al- uh, Kenji Lopez-Alt, and he's m- one of my favorite chefs. He went to MIT. He's a super scientist guy, but he oh, cooks, wow. and so he teaches you like why things work in the kitchen. Oh, nice. And it was an article in the New York Times about like, how- do expiration dates really matter and... Or not Yes And so he went through all the foods And the one that he said Pretty much lasts forever As long as they're in a sealed container One of them was flour
0: Oh my god Maybe it's a baking soda thing B- Or maybe you even tested the limit Because it's not like truly forever I mean there is right, a limit Right That is exactly what Eli said he, he was like I felt like this was just like You store airtight and it lasts forever <laughs> And I probably oh, said my- Well not forever forever Yes exactly Right <laughs> Damn, well. Yeah, but, so I made an entire batch of double chocolate, chocolate chip cookies. And they were inedible? Inedible. That I've honestly never sad. made, I've never baked anything that was inedible.
1: What if, did you offer it to Bo? Well, they're chocolate, so you couldn't, but I Death. bet she would be
0: like, fuck that. She would be. She would turn her nose up. She'd be like, mm, <laughs> mm, 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 "Absolutely mm, not, ma'am." Mm, 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 mm. Nah. that's funny that you say, like, because that's what Eli always calls her, Mam. ma'am, <laughs> See, ma'am, always is like,
1: always ma'am. Funny. It's
0: time for you to go to bed, ma'am, because <laughs> she like yeah. circles like her bed. like, ma'am. What um, are
1: you doing? There was okay. Wait, in the music episode,
0: yes. I don't know why
1: we brought this up in the music episode, although it is a musician. We talked about how back is a Scientologist. You loved oh, Beck. Oh, you said you liked Beck. I do that love Beck. Yeah. And uh, you were very upset. You were like, what? I had no idea. Um, yeah. He has since left the church, so that's
0: good news. Ah, oh, thank goodness. We can go back to liking Beck.
1: Yeah, but he, and to be fair, he was raised in the church, and I always feel like that's okay. a different story. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we all have that wow.
0: problem. Very artsy for...
1: Yeah. Very well, creative he had, um, for
0: living in that.
1: His grandfather was... In um, vaudeville. Okay. So, like, I think it's like the family business. I'm being weird. Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah, But I was glad. But the weirdest part about him saying now that he's not in the church is he says he was never in the church.
0: Oh. (laughs) Please. Even though do that
1: right in previous interviews he had said he was.
0: Hmm.
1: He's a big prankster, that guy. I guess.
0: Yeah. Here's what
1: I want to know. But this has nothing to do with the brain candy episode, but no. I just thought maybe I'd bring it up because I wanted your advice since this is things we got wrong. What is your feeling about if you make a mistake and you do something that is hurtful towards somebody? Yeah. But they're no longer in your life. Oh. Um, do you think that it is imperative to reach out to them if you can? Or do you think it's better to just change and do better moving forward?
0: I like to think about the amount of emotional dollars I have and how many emotional dollars I'm spending on something. So if it is something that I recognize, a relationship or a situation that I recognize, I don't know, daily or weekly or monthly, somewhere in my brain, like, I'm, I'm like... Spent, this is taking an emotional toll I'm spending emotional dollars on this like you know those, those relationships that kind of like things that keep popping up in your head I feel like it's mm. almost like a feeling that we have and it's a, a hint that we need to do something about it mm. so if say if my brain is spending um, uh, five emotional dollars every week thinking about this person but calling them and, or like reaching out to them is gonna emotionally cost me like a thousand.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm not gonna. I'm good. I'm <laughs> we're good. Okay, not, sort not of like a cost
1: benefit analysis. Yes,
0: but if I think okay, this is it's gonna be expend, It's gonna be it's gonna be emotional. It cost me fifty emotional dollars to reach out and just say like, you know what I do What I, it's not ne- necessarily somebody who like did me wrong. Where I fall into this is people whose text messages I forgot to return or who reached out to me a long time ago where I meant to get back to. And I'm like, and I think how much, like, Hmm. it'll cost me an emotional, like, toll to reach out to this person. But is that, which is worse, that or which is greater, that or what I'm already spending, like, thinking each time, like, oh, my God, I need to text this person. And that is usually what leads me to, take action. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm just going to spend that 20 emotional dollars right now. And then I won't have to think about that. And what usually ends up happening is they give you, they pay you back emotionally. Yeah. So you you spend $20 but then they go, "Oh my god, it's not even a big deal. I don't even like yeah. it's okay." And then you get that $20 back. So it's like a wash. Yeah, that's instead true. of the slow drip out of the emotional bank account every yeah. week because you're thinking about it. So that's how I try to think about it. And when it feels like, "Oh, I'm running a little low on on or like when when that cost when it, it gets a little uneven or something in my mind, then I usually like take action. Okay, that's good. Do advice. enough to make it feel to to get rid of that nagging thought. Like I think those nagging thoughts and nagging feelings, like we have feelings for a reason, you know? We have these thoughts for a reason. They're usually something that's telling us to maybe take action in some way.
1: In this case,
0: um, I'm
1: referring to Tanya from the challenge. Oh uh-huh. um, because, you know, people are constantly being like <laughs> Susie was the meanest person that ever lived for bullying her. And I'm always like, well, I feel like you have to say it to somebody's face for it to be bullying. But point taken. Like, I wasn't nice, you know, right. um, at certain times. And frankly, neither was she. Uh, yeah, I was going to be like, uh, mm, Well, yeah. it, and every, it was a whole thing. But, I mean, she said really terrible things to me. But I'm not, like, losing sleep over. I don't give a fuck. But yeah. people are very upset. Because she seemed to be a vulnerable person to the viewers. And so they're just like, what the fuck is wrong with you psychos? Okay. I think that's a fair point. And if I, if she were on social or something, I would have already done that. And we've talked a lot about how, like, boy, we made some mistakes on the shows. And we're not going to do that anymore. Um, But then I thought, is it only... The case that I'm sincere if I actually make an effort to let her know that I'm sorry or not. Hmm. And I that could also be triggering to her for me to reach I'm out. sure. It could not backfire where it actually upsets her or something. Because I can't imagine she has fond
0: memories of, like, the ruins or anything. Yeah. <clears throat> what do, what you do you think? What do you think you would like to hear if it were, if the tables were, if things were reversed?
1: It's hard because I'm operating on such limited information about, like, yeah. what her life even looks like now. Right. But assuming that she's just sort of a functioning, normal, ha- sober, happy person right now, mm-hmm. um, I think, it, honestly, it could go either way. because It could. she could think, well, that was nice and, and feel happy that I did that. Or she could be like, how dare you?
0: -hmm. Like, come waltzing back here. This is forgiveness. This is one of those things, though, where if somebody's not ready to accept an apology or somebody doesn't want to hear it, it's kind of on them. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Like, I can't. You are not for responsible for somebody else's reactions. You're responsible yeah. for, and all we have are our own feelings. Like you have to do, some things are hard for people to hear, but sometimes things are important for people to hear. Or, you know, and her reaction is not as much a responsibility as you doing what makes your heart feel good with good intentions.
1: I wouldn't call her anything. I would just send her a letter. But, yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn about it, I think. Yeah. Because I also am not saying, like, hey, everything, you, you were just, like, an innocent victim. I'm not saying that either. I'm just talking right. about my own part in yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know. Something to think about.
0: It's hard to decide. It is. That's why we have to kind of ask ourselves, like what would make me feel better in this moment?
1: Yeah, because sometimes it is better to let the sleeping dog lie, as they say. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And sometimes it's better to take initiative.
0: And then, yeah, and it could be like, I I remember I have a friend, or this was a friend from years ago, that was a very toxic relationship, that was very much like, uh, I felt very taken advantage of, like now reflecting on it with, Um, it was very one-sided and there was a lot of like you do this for me kind of things and it's somebody who had reached out to me years like in the past and I chose not to respond and I know it would kind of set me back to do that or and I feel okay with not Responding with with recognizing that that's not a person. Were they
1: reaching out to apologize or just to get you back in their
0: life, or just to kind of get me back in my life? Wasn't like an apology because I don't think they recognized that anything was wrong. But yeah, were definitely well then I think I you like, did the right thing. Uh huh. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, I think early in the show too, I talked about <laughs> that, that we haven't gotten to this episode yet, but I talked about a friend who had ghosted me. Mm-hmm. Um, And that is st- I'm still being ghosted like seven years Later but I have As you know off the air Like ha- gone Back and forth like what should I do I mean this is like ongoing And um, so uh, I Sent a message a couple Weeks ago on the on- Only social channel That I still could do that on mm-hmm. And just laid it out and i just said you know i'm so sorry for whatever and everything and anything i did to upset you i i bubble because i don't even know what the person is mad at so i can't specifically <laughs> address it because i'm like i'm in the dark here but whatever it was clearly was very serious so i just apologized and now i feel so much better even though yeah. there was no response.
0: Okay, see, there you go. Yeah, That is exactly that feeling of like you, even though there was a response, that that you've done what was within like your control. Like they know that yeah. I am sorry. What, what yeah. do they
1: do with it? That's their business.
0: Yeah. And when you, when you just said like, I don't know what I've done. It must be awful. Maybe not because with this friend of mine, she didn't do anything to me that was necessarily awful. Hmm. It just was a relationship dynamic that was n- not healthy for me and probably for her. And it, but would I mean, you yeah, there were things that were like it? good friend things.
1: Would, like, would the disillusion, would you c- characterize it as more like a phase out or a fizzle out?
0: No, she straight up moved to another country for a dude when we were living together and was like, hey, go get my stuff in the laundry mat across the street and, like, fold my laundry. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. You just ran out on our lease.
1: And we that was it. Country. And then you never spoke again. Wow, that no. is not a phase out. That <laughs> no, that would be. <laughs> okay, kind of open impulsive. and shut case over there. Right. Gotcha. Okay. Because I was going to say, this was not a fade out. This was, like, one day yeah. I was cut off. Yeah. Okay, got it. Well, so she did do something
0: bad, but at least she knows what she did. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I bet in her mind she doesn't see that as bad because she was just living her life. Oh, okay. Maybe it's like that then. Like doesn't even realize it. Like, I don't know how. I mean, probably not the same, but.
1: I mean, maybe I'll do a poll. Should should I apologize or leave it be? I, I think it's interesting to hear people's thoughts on it too, regardless yeah. of what I choose to do, what most yeah.
0: people would do. Yeah. I uh recently received an apology from Naya yeah. from the challenge yeah. for her actions and <clears throat> it felt so good. And it was years later, and she was the first and only person who's ever apologized to me from the challenge for things. And I've recently watched that episode and this was an over, you deserved it. A, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were just, every time I walked into a room. Like, oh my gosh. And then the funniest thing about it is that like, it makes me laugh when I watch the challenge and see things that people try to make fun of me about because they're like, oh, what are you going to do? You're going to go make friendship bracelets? Or are you going to go do your crossword puzzle? And I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Like, that's really how, oh, Sarah's going to go make friendship bracelets. Like, this is how you would choose to, okay, I'm cool with that.
1: It is like that. It's like.
0: What are you going to do? Go read? What are you going to (laughs) read? Oh, look at this nerd reading. (laughs) Yeah. Correct. I, I mean, are these insults? This is, or are we just like, these yeah. are just good observations you guys are making. Yeah. Oh, it made me laugh. I was laughing so much while I was showing Eli that that season. And, even
1: that though like those insults though, which are, you're 100% right. That is what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, Even though they're actually compliments, it doesn't feel like it at mm-hmm. all because everybody takes that position mm-hmm. and really does... It's not that they're saying you're smart. They're mm-hmm. saying you're a loser.
0: Yeah, they're and they're attacking your identity. They're saying, like, that thing that you've chosen to make, that thing that is important to you, that, like, you know, you're being smart, you're caring about what you know and learning and all this stuff, that's fucking stupid. And you're yeah. a loser for... For who you are is what it feels like
1: right and if you didn't want to go out and party or all mm-hmm. that it was just like it wasn't they didn't treat it as like different strokes for different folks it was very right. much like what the fuck is wrong with you right right I wonder why they're like mm-hmm. that I'm glad she apologized <laughs> to you
0: oh yeah me too she's great now she's like my favorite
1: um, want to hear another story of someone I should apologize to
0: yeah, this, Ooh, this a, is the pro- thing we got wrong. Apology episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I Apparently. Well, I think this is the, the problem with if you think you're funny, which sometimes oh, I I think say that, this.
0: Yeah. this is this, The same thing that makes us very funny and right. quick-witted makes it so we have on the tip of our tongue that one thing that we know how to say to really cut deep, and it's like the can't get the toothpaste back in the tube kind of thing. Once it comes out, mm, mm, mm.
1: yeah, it's yeah. awful.
0: I did this with my ex-husband and have it's the things I regret the most, some of the hurtful things. That I, I can't I said. believe
1: you regret that. I would regret
0: not doing that.: I regret more. because even if i even if the, it, I never want to hurt anyone. I never want to it makes it makes me sad to think that I caused somebody pain that they would. That through my own pain, I would make somebody else hmm. feel like that. And that makes me feel bad. Even right. if they were somebody who... I mean, does anybody ever really deserve it? I don't know.
1: Well, I do Maybe. think sometimes people need to hear the hard truths. So, People need to hear the hard... Yes,
0: there you go. It was sometimes it was a hard truth that people weren't ready to
1: hear. Especially people who are surrounded by ass lickers and sycophants. Like, yes. if everybody around them... Is flattering them for one reason or another. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need somebody like you to waltz in and be like, listen. Or somebody like you on the challenge, this happens a lot. <laughs> I got some bad news for you.
0: Yeah. And
1: you know, sometimes that hurts their feelings, but <laughs> No. Okay, this was what happened. Oh God. Um I for a while, um, do you know the band The Mamas and the Papas? I sure do. Cass Elliot was the female lead singer that she was a bigger lady and she had died um she had died of a heart attack but of course there was a ham sandwich on her nightstand and because she was a big lady it became this joke in and sometimes not even a joke sometimes it was reported that she had choked on a ham sandwich and then it became like a punchline about mama Cass. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a period of time where Mama Cass's daughter, Owen, was following me on Twitter. And I had a baby at the time, and he had just discovered, like, solid food. And he got to have a cookie for the first time. Mm-hmm. And he was—it was like he had discovered heroin. I mean, he just couldn't <laughs> believe that this food existed, and he was going to get to eat it. And he was, like, stuffing his face with cookies— and, and wanted more while he still had them in his mouth. <laughs> and she had made a comment under it. And I think you can see the connection that I'm trying to make here that mm-hmm. is tragic. Mm-hmm. So then that was on Twitter. So then I went mm-hmm. on my Facebook, which was private, and made a joke about how Mama Cass's daughter was, like, referring to my son— choking to death on a cookie uh-huh. and whatever referencing this ham sandwich thing that's not funny Sue. even if it was hurtful and funny it wouldn't be okay but that isn't even fucking funny mm. like jerry seinfeld always talks about like if you're gonna do like a rape joke yeah. or a holocaust joke like you can do it but like the funny has to be at so the funny. level that the offensiveness yeah. like to counteract it yeah this wasn't that
0: yeah. Ooh.
1: So then months passed, and she was kept commenting on my stuff and Twitter and being real funny, and we became like friendly. Mm-hmm. And then she friended me on Facebook. <gasps> no. <laughs> and in my mind, I thought, Ooh, I, I really wish I hadn't said that, but like that was months ago, and like,
0: oh no, she's not
1: going to see it.
0: Oh no, Susie.
1: Well, apparently she searches for these things. Oh, no. Within five minutes of her being my friend on Facebook, she oh, no. commented underneath it, really?
0: Oh, no! <laughs> Susie.
1: Okay. And obviously... That must
0: have felt
1: I awful. It was one of those things where you get a punch in the stomach feeling. Where I was yeah. like, that is... Well, I'm sure she had that feeling, too. I mean... Oh, God. So, I apologized at the time, but I was... Still in defensive
0: mode, where I'm like, "Oh, it was a joke." Uh, Okay. It's it's hard when when the intention is so different than the impact. When the intention is, I want to be funny, or I want to make a joke, or this like look at this connection I'm making to some like you know a a pop culture reference that's like you know
1: yeah,
0: and then it. Mm-hmm.
1: I think in that case, it's probably best that we let that lie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, I can't be like, "Hey, Owen, remember yeah. that time?" No. <laughs> right? It's probably not something I should revisit
0: with her. Man, I know, right? It's hard. This is hard. This is. I feel like we need we need some some listener. Feedback yeah, because it is not funny things, and it's like, not okay. When. It when to know if you need to reach out or not.
1: Because when you ask yourself, what would I want? I don't know. I've never been in that position of having a famous parent who died tragically, whose life became a punchline because she was overweight. Mm-hmm. And then to live with that re-traumatizing yeah. all the time. yeah. yeah. That Ooh. was so
0: shitty. Can you believe that? I, I mean, yes, but because I've said similar... Because we've all done things like that. These are human things. It's really terrible. You know? Like, well, especially about celebrities, because it's
1: not like I thought... It wasn't personal. It felt like this other right. thing. Celebrity
0: it, jokes can feel like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, in the same way, when we watch... You know, I've been like a little bit conflicted in watching that Dahmer series on Netflix Mm. because the victims and the families of the victims and the people around it, like, this is their lives. These are their lives. But it's weird because it's also part, I, I don't know who I was talking to, my mom or somebody, and I was like saying why I'm a little bit conflicted on it. And she was like. How can they even do that? And before she finished, she goes, "Oh, because it's a pop culture, because it's part of pop culture, or part of, you know, um, uh, just like the you know, public like record." Yeah. yeah, public record, right? Mm-hmm. And which is why, like, you can parody things. Yeah, it's and fair stuff. use, parody I think, laws. is what it's called. Yeah,
1: well, and that. Let me ask you this sad though: when
0: it's still at people's real lives,
1: because you've mentioned that Dahmer thing a couple of times, and it got me thinking, like. Why is it just this one where people are talking about the victims' families and stuff? I, I mean, occasionally you hear it, like, oh, it's hard for yeah. the victims' families, but this one, it has been just like yeah. a thing. I feel like it's because
0: the the time frame in which this happened, like the the like the woman whose I think it was her son or her neighbor, something like that. What one of the somebody who was testifying, like they used her exact. Likeness, like mm. they made it look exactly like her. They used her exact transcripts, you know. Like she's a Netflix subscriber, like that. And so she came out and, and was like, "This is weird." Yeah, this is coming up in my search. Like th- this is for you. That is me. That's that you. design you made that character to look exactly like me, and like so she's getting to talk about this. And I think a lot of times the people who were were doing this about maybe are dead or older don't care not on social media or whatever but this is like I don't know yeah like in it and and the fact that they're not getting any sort of compensation or mm-hmm. you know okay it's, unfair. it's not fair it's fucked up yeah okay yeah it's like and I yeah and maybe before the stories that were told were often stories of like we're telling different stories now and so I think the People who are being taken advantage of and exploited are getting the microphone back or maybe, like, not really, like, but we're, like, maybe listening a little more than we used to. Yeah, maybe. You know, because I think about the other ones, like, mm, uh, yeah, it didn't do anything for the um, family of uh, Robert Durst who are already fucking... Billionaires—they're not going to say shit. They're not—they're going to just, yeah, you know, who's going to say anything about this? And that? But this is different.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. I mean, in just any kind of thing where it feels just like a headline yeah. or a or a celebrity. There's so much distance between like your personal real life right. and that right. that you really just don't process it and decide whether to talk about it in the same way you would if you thought someone totally. would see it. Totally. Totally.
0: Yeah. I was like, I even think that with people who leave comments on the, for like the podcast stuff like that, I'm like, did they know I'm going to see this?
1: I know. Yeah. Not this one. Yeah. Even like yeah. I heard Nikki Glaser, she loves Taylor Swift and she was talking about like apparently in the Taylor Swift documentary, there was a clip that was played of Nikki Glaser being mean about Taylor even though she loves her and she was mortified and how like what that must be like to be a celebrity where any podcast you listen to any show you tune into, you might be the topic. Yeah. And, and at any moment you could be hurt
0: yeah,
1: or whatever and how the whole world must feel like a a trap.
0: This is exactly what we're talking about. In Brain Candy, we're talking about uh, online harassment and how it makes everybody feel like an enemy. Yeah. and It turns the general population into people to be worried about.
1: And how, if you think about what that must be like day in and day out, and then think of the percentage of celebrities that kind of like lose their marbles and stuff. Yep. I mean, it makes more sense. Yep,
0: Yep, 100%.
1: I wonder if any celebrities have heard us talking shit.
0: Hey, celebrities. <laughs> we love you.
1: We love you. All of say you.
0: Anything. Yeah. It's it just for a joke. Okay. Well. That's why I had to stop to saying <coughs> things like making jokes about Amanda Bynes and stuff. Oh, that's nice, Sarah. I'm like, she probably would listen to us. And like, I don't want her to think that there's any bad blood. <laughs> so nice of you. No bad blood.
1: Yeah, you can, you just, you've let it go. You've yeah buried the yeah. hatchet. Totally. Okay, that's nice of you. Well, I, I would like Owen uh, Elliot to know the same <laughs> goes for yeah. me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I am deeply sorry. I'm an asshole. It wasn't even a funny joke. And that is a terrible thing to joke about. There we go. Things she got wrong. I really got it wrong. We all do. Thanks. Um, did you get anything wrong about sports? I
0: don't think you did. Uh, I did do a little <laughs> bit of uh, 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 searching on gender, e- like sports where there's more. Because one of the things that we talked about was how there is such a big... Difference in elite male athletes and elite female athletes, and we talked a little bit about how the problem was that we have sports that are designed for males, yeah, and so we really need new sports. So I, I was wondering, like, what sports are there that are like genderless, or that where both males and females can be, or all people, we'll call it that, can compete together. And so some of the ones that that came up in the list that I found. Horse racing, anything equestrian, <laughs> sailing, motorbike racing, darts was a big one. Darts, darts is turning into a very equal, like, yeah. and then of course, anything with mixed teams. This one was one of my favorites to read because you know, if, if you remember that episode, I talked about how this would be the sport that I would do uh, luge. Oh, a, yeah, a yeah, bobsled yeah. is it can be a male and female, like a co ed. Team. And I also read a really cool. They had in this um, article on sports that I read um, a, a cool story about this female surfer. whose name is Carissa Moore, who was the f- uh, first and only female to win Quicksilver's like I think it's like an under eighteen, like they call it, like the Grom, um, like surfing competition. Mm. But she won an all male competition mm. as a like and like a kid. And shout out to U.S. surfing or like the World Surfing Organization or whatever. They are the only sport where there is equal prize money for first place males and first place females.
1: The only sport. Surfing. Shout out to surfing. Jesus. I mean, shout out to surfing, but I can't believe that's true.
0: Yeah. Um, That, at least according to this article, it said that's the only sport to offer equal prize money for first place male and female winners.
1: I had heard somebody proposing that in sports there should be, or maybe in one sport there is already, um, a non-binary option where anyone that identifies as yeah um, not male or female, um, cis, then yeah. they can join this third option. But I feel like... Then you run into all kinds of problems with people like Demi Lovato that keep changing their mind because now she's mm-hmm. a she, she was a they. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so that would open up more issues that right. people would be mad
0: about. Mm-hmm. I say do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, do whatever. I mean, I, it, that that... We talked on that episode about that 10% gap. There's about a 10% gap between males and females and what that actually looks like. You mentioned it a little bit in the more recent episodes of Brain Candy. Um, But there was, I think it was running and I want to say rowing, like another one, where what a 10% gap meant was about 15,000 Male slash boy competitors that are better than the first place female. I mean, that's it's quite a few. <laughs> oh yeah, that's a big. That's like oh, you just I'm not making the 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 final team. I'm not. You know, you're you, you can't. You just can't. It's the testosterone and androgen levels yeah. in the bodies. Yeah, my hands are tied here. Okay. Right. Right. So we need more. Oh, the other sport that is. Uh, Which I think is just great, and we should have more of Ultimate Frisbee.
1: Oh, yeah, you love that one.
0: Yeah, Ultimate Frisbee is another one that is, like, a a unisex sport. Mm -hmm. I just like any sport where, like, men and women can play on the same team, and there's advantages, too. There's another one that we talked about that's some sort of, like, kind of similar to soccer and, like, table tennis in a weird way, but, like, you're... On the ground, like everybody has their like set positions and you don't move a lot, but there's an advantage to being shorter in some situations and Mm. taller and like the ball has to get passed to like certain players. And I think we just need to be more inventive with sports.
1: Yeah. All right. If anyone can do it, it's you. Like I feel like you're going to invent the next sport.
0: Well, that's here's what we'll do. We'll go back on the challenge. We'll spend the entire time we're there (laughs) inventing new sports.
1: Yeah. I like the sound of this.
0: Um, Well, I'm glad
1: we don't have to wind it down. That kind of gets on my nerves sometimes. Okay. Well, yeah, this is our new show. Is there anything that you want to cover before we go? Or shall we?
0: Uh, we talk about important sports. I really wanted to mention the. um, Oh, this was interesting about music. Uh, People who scored higher in empathy had a stronger connection between the reward Circuitry in their brain and music. Hmm. So, if you are an empathetic person, you will experience more of that that pleasure feeling, the reward sensation from music. Wow! Yeah, that's cool. Wonder why? Yeah, and it almost ties. I think I feel like. It's somehow connected to the collective effervescence that you talked about in the first.
1: Oh, because you're able to see um, yes. how we're all one. Yes. Interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll leave on a positive note and we'll try to forget the ham sandwich incident. We will. Thanks, Sarah, for doing that. We'll see you no guys way. next time. Bye. <laughs>
0: well, what can I say? We all...